Sorry. Hey, howdy, hello. This is uh, the Fight Site Boys. It's uh, Shriram and Ed. Say hello, Shriram. Hey, everyone. We're here to do some alternate commentary, some technical breakdowns of fights that we're watching uh, live. Not, not live like they're happening, but we're watching them and we're doing the commentary and, and analysis simultaneously. Synchronously, is that what they say in academia? Uh, asynchronous versus synchronous? Yes. Synchronously. Uh, it's Zoom, Zoom lingo, guys. Come on. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to do a breakdown. This is for one of our patrons, Alex Hawkins. He had us do this one and uh, Habib versus McGregor. So also check that one out. If you are listening on a podcast app, that means you're probably not a patron of the fight site on Patreon, which is a shame, just a, a darn shame. You should you should really uh, you know, rethink your life choices if you listen to you know 30 minute podcasts and, and can't even spare three bucks to get all the videos we have tons of videos uh should be a huge help but you know some people like to just listen to to random stuff i don't know but uh yeah three dollars will get you access to all of our exclusive content on patreon there's a lot of stuff i looked today there's almost 200 uh pieces of, of content behind the paywall that's crazy did you know we had that much i mean i figured we did because we've been around for like what, almost two like years a year and a half yeah. now yeah. Well, almost two years, but we've been on Patreon for about a year, so a uh, year and change. Yeah, but so yeah, there's a ton of stuff, and if there's anything there that doesn't, well, if there's nothing there that interests you, then you can ask for your own stuff. Just pay a little bit more, and um, we'll accommodate you. Mm -hmm. so. Eventually, <laughs> we're turning this one around pretty quick, though. Uh, if it's like an MMA-related podcast or wrestling, I can guarantee that it'll get done within the month because you know I'll be the one who's doing them and. I, I am punctual. Uh, if you request boxing or a Muay Thai, uh, good luck. Uh, we'll see. We'll see when you get it. But it'll definitely happen. And uh, we have a really smart staff to, to give you some good content. So highly recommend subscribing on Patreon. I forgot to mention the other one. We have a goal. We have a fundraising goal. Darn, I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> we have a fundraising goal that when we get to 200 patrons, uh, we're going to release an article series of the top five greatest uh, fights in UFC history and a commentary video series on those same fights. And we are 20 patrons away from our goal. We were three or four patrons away from the goal and the month rolled over and everyone said, oops, forgot to unsubscribe from the fight site because $3 is too much of a, a burden, I guess. And yeah, like 20 people unsubscribed. So we have to build back up, but you know, it's, it's still more than we started with when we set the goals. So I guess we're, we'll get there eventually. Right, Jerome? Yeah, the goal survives, and we've already started working on it, so it's not going to be out as soon as uh, we advertised on the last podcast. Well, I mean, it depends on when we hit the goal, really. That's true. I mean, if you have any huge parties that are willing to sign up for $3, then uh, we'll, we'll get there as soon as you want us to get there. But otherwise, uh, the, the stuff's in progress, and you'll get it when it happens. Yeah, just, just tell them that the UFC commentary team is really bad. If you watch MMA and you, you want actual insight, uh, you're probably not going to get it from listening to what they have to say. So if you want to show people fights, you just show them the, the fight site version of the fight and they'll probably be ruined forever because uh, <laughs> of all the ridiculous things we say, but they might learn something too. So that's what's going to happen here. We're going to watch uh, Anthony Pettis versus Tony Ferguson, which is a good fight. I enjoy it, but it's funny to think about how much better it would have been like three years before it happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we saw in fights like Pettis Alvarez, uh, how like Pettis was genuinely really good on the counter back then. And since he's like tuned his approach more towards counter punching, but it's a little bit shallower. And I think we see that in this fight. Uh, but it's still a really great fight. It's about the 
it's like the last really classical Ferguson fight uh, where we see against Cerrone, there's like some flashes of it, especially in that mm-hmm. second round. But this is the one where we see full bore pressure fighter Tony Ferguson for what looks like the last time. Uh, so it should be a fun watch. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching on Fight Pass along with us and you're not watching the video, again, shame on you. But the <laughs> timestamp for the video is 2.28. So that's when we're going to start it. And Sharam's going to count us down. And when he says go, we're all going to hit play and watch together. So whenever you're ready, sir. Uh, three, two, one, go. No glove touch. How dare they? <laughs> no Tony Solidarity. So some good stuff already from Tony Lee with the body jab and a lot of stance switching. So a lot of uh, stance specific breakdown stuff is going to be hard for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just generally not going to happen with Tony. I mean, we see uh, even, I guess I shouldn't spoil later in the fight, but there are some vulnerabilities to this approach. Um, Pettis kicking the legs. I think this is when Ferguson was right off that uh, knee surgery, mm. right? Like some quick John Cena-esque turnaround. You see there uh, off the, the miss low kick. He, uh, he settled into a bladed stance and kind of goaded him in. He was setting up a sidekick there. Um, so nice little nice little look there that he didn't get to show. But, uh, yeah, Pettis definitely taking the back foot here. But when, when Ferguson actually plants, that's when Pettis is trying to get off his uh, his offense when he, when he sees him. Yeah, we're seeing Pettis punch off his kicks, which is a, it's something that we saw even work for Justin Gaethje in, like, two fights later, uh, where he was able to draw Ferguson's defenses elsewhere and then just slot straight punches mm-hmm. through. That was a nice slip but counter there from Gage- Pettis. With Gaethje, it was slightly different because he would punch off the leg kicks, whereas we'd like weave off them and left hook him. Uh, Pettis is more just intercepting him with the kick and then just trying to land big rear hands to the head. Mm-hmm. But Ferguson likes those uh, those stepping low kicks, kind of like Cowboy does, and uh, Pettis actually getting a little better about checking them now. Oh, and yeah, nice uh, hook again. off the round yeah. kick. It's very rare. Not 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 a common tactic. Yeah, I like seeing it. I mean, it's. Uh, the guy who made it look really good was Adesanya against mm-hmm. Brunson, but it's you know, Ferguson jabbing him back now. There, yeah, there's, there's a, this the little yeah. stepping low kick punts out the leg there. Uh, but yeah, I think the thing is is that Pettis is finding pretty good slip counters with uh, Tony's straight entry, as you see it there. He slips inside, gets the left hook, and it feels like the thing that changes in this fight is that Ferguson stops caring about the initial counter and just continues to to come with more <laughs> extending the exchange and not really caring. If it gets hit, and that seems to be if it's something that, that changes the dynamic a lot. And, and Pettis slows down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we see in fights like Ferguson-RDA that there is a way for Ferguson to fight that doesn't just ignore the counters, but, like, draws them out and just stays out of range for them. But this is a fight where Ferguson seemed to put a, a premium on pressure, which is a really smart tactic against Pettis strategically. Mm-hmm. It's just that tactically Ferguson's a little bit too messy to do it super safely. <laughs> um, See that he missed the hook, spun through with the spinning back fist, and think ended with the round kick. Um, you know, now that I, I am, I think Khabib really put this on my brain. Uh, just thinking about ring craft is is how often strikers back themselves all the way up to the cage and just skirt along the edge. Like that is way more common than I remembered it being until I started really noticing it. Because I think about like if you're fighting a wrestler, you do the same thing. Like it'd be really easy to get in on double there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there that's been a, a problem for Pettis' entire career, yeah. right? But Oh, yeah, we have Pretty seen fight wrestlers and have that be a problem. It's true. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's trying to kick on the counter there with the head mm-hmm. kick. Oh, something also that's been really effective for Tony is the uh, the lead uh, snap kick to the body. He, he's landed that with, with regularity. Yeah, it's just a lot of linear attacks to push mm-hmm. um, Pettis back. He's countering the kicks a little bit now. 
nothing super. Con- There's that kick again, though. Mm. Nice, nice shot counterpunching and pivoting out to the center. That was nice from Pettis, but he just backs himself right after the same spot. Yeah. Barbosa he himself. Has, like tools. Yeah. It's just not something that he's thinking about at all times. Mm-hmm. And Tony kind of doing himself a bit of a disservice that most of his attacks are straight besides his low kicks. So he's having a hard time uh, cutting off the, the escapes against the cage. Yeah. Oh, there's a little overhand counter. Nice right. I like that lead uppercut from Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Played off the body job a little bit. But... See, when Pettis just sits on the cage, it's really easy to get off whatever he wants and you know, kick his body and, and jab him. But when he's actually moving, uh, he's able to escape a lot because of the straight attacks. Pettis also looks uh, fat. <laughs> Is that analysis? <laughs> was this right before the welterweight move? I think it was, right? He might have been gone back and forth. I'm not sure. He tries to uh, Sanchez oh, kick there. He tried to do it on the counter, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he uh, he did it to, to Cowboy, and Cowboy uh, hit a counter, intercepting knee to the body while he was doing it. It's uh, something you only see on the replay in, in their first fight. And oh, he just okay. eats it. I was it. hoping it was in the rematch, because that would have been cool. No, not in the rematch. <laughs> like, way too cool for old fighters. Rematch was a lot of cool counter-punching from Pettis, though. Yeah. Oh, Ferguson kind of punching off his kicks, mm-hmm. but... He's uh... attacking both sides very consistently. It, it's like a bit of a chin-bullying and cardio-bullying performance, but that's also what, what pressure is. <laughs> yeah. And he hits the little showtime uh, Superman punch himself. Now that's kind of like what um, Yoel did to Lyoto Machida. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. He, he jumped off the fence and then levered off to cut off the... Um, like off, He, like, jumped off the fence to push... Machida to his left, and then left hook twice to cut him off and stand him still. So it seems like Pettis' problem is what it always is. Like, he's doing fine in open space exchanges. Uh, like, he has enough distance to, to get his counters off and, and time things and uh, move out of the way when he needs to. But, you know, Ferguson keeps coming. He puts him, he gives up too much space. He puts himself on the cage, and sometimes it's he has to sit on the cage because he doesn't have a good escape route. Um, is this a small tool like a, like the dart? would be really helpful there. We can get some sort of offense to, to at least make them defend or cover up or back off. And you can use that to, to you know shift out and get back to the center. Like something like that is anything where you can create a little bit of a window for yourself to get out of that situation would be really helpful. But uh, he's a little too counter-reliant where when you're on the cage, he has to wait for you to do something else. And if the guy is smart about his pressure, he can just kind of hit you with a lot of smaller volume and, and not have to take any big risks. Yeah, also the long volume of Tony Ferguson is probably giving him some trouble just because uh, Pettis' counters are like kind of arcing yeah. right hands that aren't really working quite as well. If Pettis could stand his ground, that would work slightly better, but also he's losing extended exchanges. Oh, that has a nice hook off the round kick there. Yeah, see, that's and another overhand drops that the him. entire fight, which makes it pretty interesting because it's like, Oof. I don't know if he had a specific read or it's just something he wanted to do, like just for he just does it randomly. Something he does. Yeah. He had him in, in deep trouble there. I, I more than more than I remember. I remember he dropped him. He did a barrel roll, but uh, he actually uh, when he, he when he tried to get back up, he fell back down after the second after the second time. Yeah, that cross counter was actually pretty nice. It's just mm-hmm. that it looked like Ferguson just rolled on his own instead of getting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice little half guard pass attempt there. Stuffs the knee, but as soon as he stuffed the knee, he went to start punching again, which was interesting. Didn't actually cover half guard. Might be thinking Ferguson's more hurt than he is. Mm-hmm. Pettis was just uh, holding with double underhooks there. Now he's uh, looking to push off from the hips and, and posture. And Ferguson's also doing a good job getting feet on hips and, and pushing him away. Trying to play high guard. 
it's hard to get the elbows going when you're that high up and in close, but now from this distance, he's either going to you know, time him coming in an elbow or you know, pull on his yeah, head and elbow. <laughs> a nice I'm just going to get up there. Water. Sorry, if, there, if you can hear dogs barking, I apologize. This never happens. It always happens. <laughs> I'm going to check Pettis' cut here. Break to, yeah. I think it's also to wipe their faces. Mm -hmm. Does Pettis have a cut or is it just Tony's blood? It's Pettis' oh, cut. I see it now. Tony. Yikes. Uh, he like spinning elbowed him right off the um, the first knockdown and then he got cross countered. So they both While he was getting knocked down, he hit, he hit a spinning elbow? I think he hit a spinning elbow right before and then he got mm. knocked down. I remember he was like it's turning away, and that's when he uh, he did the somersault. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Pettis isn't actually fat, but like compared to his prime, he is. <laughs> yeah. Pettis has always had like weird fluctuations, though. Mm -hmm. His uh, his the Alex Morono fight. I think he looked in pretty good shape. He tried to parry and hit a wheel <laughs> kick there, and almost fell over. <laughs> I love seeing them have fun. Less fun knowing he gets finished soon. It's but I mean, at least it was like a sensible corner stoppage, and not him getting like his ass beat more. Yeah, that round kick to the to the right hook is re a really good idea because you you bring the hand down, and you know, I assume it hurts on your arm, so it's oh. uh, tough to uh, bring your guard right back up right away. But Tony working the body a lot more on the fence now. Yeah, I like that'd be a good tool for Ferguson to use just generally. Like it's weird to see him bring it in now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like with body work, a lot of times these fighters see that their opponent is tired and said, oh, you're tired, I will exploit that with body shots, but they don't create it Instead of making with body shots. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ferguson was like body jabbing from the beginning, of course, but that was just more of a drive him back thing. <laughs> Ferguson pretended to step back and came right back and he fainted a retreat. <laughs> There's that cross counter again, but Pettis isn't able to like time it particularly mm -hmm. consistently. So at this point, Pettis doesn't want to waste energy trying to get off the fence, and he's just trying to counter punch, like Woodley, Rufus sport <laughs> teammate. Rufus sport. Yeah. Teammate. <laughs> uh, nice right hand on the retreat there. Like mm -hmm. uh, Pettis peeled out of the the collar tie, and Ferguson just shifted into it. Ferguson working the high guard oh. well in that he's going to the body, but a lot of his punches are hitting hitting the guard up top. Yeah, I mean, it's something that you mentioned earlier that Ferguson's attacks all being straight is causing him issues. Mm -hmm. There, he was able to cut off the retreat with the left hook to the body, which is like a very RDA tactic. That's the other thing. They're not straight enough, so he's not punching through the high guard. He's just hitting the, the front of the forearms. <laughs> <laughs> so mechanics definitely matter, but I think the commentators usually fixate a little too much on that about why someone's having success. Yeah, I mean, I think there are certain purposes to either. It's just that Ferguson's in a weird middle ground right yeah. now. If he could just, you know, hook really hard to the body mm -hmm. a lot. Okay. That's another place where Ferguson's uh, positioning got him in trouble. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I like him, you know, throwing a little offense up top to manipulate the high guard and go body. That's That's been his best work of the round for sure. Uh, but I don't like uh, when he <laughs> just stands there and Squared continues to do it and leaves himself open to be countered. Yeah, I mean, and you can also see some of what got him in trouble against Gagey here, like with that last exit, mm -hmm. he was pretty much side-on trying to leave, yeah. and uh, Pettis got him with a left hook. So someone who consistently counters in combination is going to be trouble for Ferguson's uh, habits there. But the ring craft of Pettis is letting him down yeah. here a lot. Yeah. And the elbows off the hand fighter are a great look for Ferguson as well. And, uh, yeah, just thinking about it, the body straight's been a good lead for him as well, so maybe come off, off the body lead into a into tight range. 
may see him uh, up jabbing a little bit more, and that's getting him inside the guard. Yeah, there you saw him build off the body mm -hmm. entry, too. I like him doubling up on the strike there. He's not really, like, playing with rhythm, mm -hmm. per se, but he's just going. Yeah, mad. now he's just beating up around Pettis' guard. Not all of it's landing cleanly, but uh, it's it's enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this is over. Um, <laughs> uh, that, was, that was tough. Definitely tough for Pettis. He was doing, like, considering his positioning, he was doing an okay job defending. Uh, and, like, wasn't getting it clean too much, but his body was definitely getting pieced up, and his counters clearly lost a ton of steam. They weren't really bothering Ferguson very much. Yeah, I mean, after a point, it was just Pettis throwing a counter and then shoving up. And getting and eaten getting 10 strikes in between every counter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where we talk about outfighting being really hard um, in MMA, and that's that's why. Like, you have to be much better at it than they are at pressuring for it to work. Um, pressuring is like the default. Like it has, a, it has an advantage inherently, unless you're bad yeah, at that's it. That's a good way to put it. Or not durable. I mean, even if you're bad at mm -hmm. it, it's probably going to take a more than serviceable outfighter if you're durable and have that intention consistently. Uh, Tarek Safin at one seventy versus Tony Ferguson. Does he knock him out? Ooh, I mean, that's interesting, actually. It's funny, a lot, of, uh, a lot of the narratives, like things that we talk about a lot now, I can remember which fights we watched where I started thinking about it more seriously and like outfighting being a bad idea in MMA or like a very difficult idea. Safety and RDA. The RDA that I watched with you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's fun times. It's a resume review, Rafael Dos Anjos, if you're looking for it on Patreon. It's a good time. You should. That was one of the better fights we've watched overall, I think. Like these days, I'm trying to put all of the uh, alternate commentaries and things we do on, free on in podcast form as well, just so you know that we're doing them. So if you're not subscribed, you can be like, oh, I should subscribe to watch that. But I mean, there's like literally like 100 plus videos that I didn't do that for that you have no idea exists if you're not a patron. So you should definitely look into that. Also, other sports. Yeah, I really just do it with uh, MMA usually. There's other stuff there too. Yeah, the better sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real combat sports. Um, Pettis is happy. I think he's uh, he's pleased that it was a fun fight and that he didn't get stopped that legitimately. So he's uh, it's a moral victory. <laughs> yeah, I mean at this point in his career, I don't think Pettis is like really aiming for wins. <laughs> yeah, like I mean he's getting them over guys like Morono and uh, Cerrone, mm -hmm. but it's also. Against elite competition, even Wonder Boy was like a huge overperformance. Yeah. yeah, there's that. His Pettis has a really good right hook. It's uh, surprising. That's what he knocked out Wonder Boy's hero, right? A, a Superman right hook. Yeah, he like. <laughs> yeah, he jumped into it. That was cool. It's cool though. He generates a lot I mean, of power there. Even generally, we're kind of seeing Pettis being a lot better at connecting his punches and kicks than we're used to thinking about him in a way. Mm -hmm. Like um, against. Uh, Wonder Boy was punching into the low kicks to knock out his stance on the on the way back, and here was the punching off the kicks, which is something that he's done before, as you mentioned, but not with this level of success, where he got the knockdown off it and just consistently landed. So it's something like we're used to thinking of Pettis as like just an outside sniper, but he has some good ideas in that sense. What's uh, what's Pettis's best overall performance after losing the belt? Would you say it's Alvarez? Uh, I mean Al. Yeah, it might actually be Alvarez. He got robbed, but you know. Some people would be like, how can it be his best performance? He lost. Like, no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, against an all-time great lightweight, most of it was just, like, if he, he didn't lose, but he lost officially. Just Alvarez basically 
just did some cage holding and, and maybe took him down a couple times, but he didn't really get much done. And, and Pettis, you know, kicked him up on the outside and, and did a lot of cool stuff. So I recommend watching that if you haven't. Yeah. Looked really good on the counter, too. Well, we're doing a new a new series. I've talked about it a little bit so far. I talked about it during a resume review uh, that I did on Demetrius Johnson uh, yesterday. But uh, I'm going to do new commentaries on robberies. <laughs> and we're going to score them. Nice. And we're going to uh, attribute the victory to uh, the person that we thought won, uh, like on the uh, official list. Uh, so I've already started retconning some wins. Uh, the yeah. the most prolific one, I think, was probably I gave the Johnny Hendricks fight to Johnny Hendricks against George St. Pierre. I, I gave him credit for the win. I didn't detract from George St. Pierre, but I did take it off the list. And I did want to give Hendricks the juice for the win. You know what I mean? I think it's fair that they, they get a bump yeah. from it. Yeah, I mean, I think there are some circumstances where, like, both guys deserve some of it. Yeah. It's just tough to quantify. That's one. That's definitely one. But, like, Cejudo Johnson, yeah. too, for example, that's, like, <laughs> Johnson, like, 49, 46, Johnson. 10, 50, 45, 10. <laughs> it's, like, not really a, a benefit to Cejudo, really. Yeah. Unfortunate. Unfortunate the judges don't know the scoring system. Uh, but, yeah, and we're also, right. speaking of judging, we're also going to sometime soon watch Zach Makovsky's last fight against El Casa from... Brave, which was also a robbery uh, and a really fun performance from Zach. So hopefully we'll get that one up soon too. Yep. Anything else to say? Uh, so, I mean, that's the end of that fight. I don't. Uh, thanks for the request, Got Alex. Um, Alex, <laughs> yes, thank you, Alex. I'm not. I'm not usually like that, but I haven't like seen you around the Discord, and that's how I tend to know the names. Mm-hmm. So uh, show up there, please. But other than that, yeah, thanks for the request. Keep making them. Keep paying us, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone else listening, do that as well. Uh, visit the website, which is something that, again, like last time, we should uh, mention. Yeah, you should definitely visit our website. That's the thefightsite.com, but there's a hyphen between uh, fight and, and site. So it's the fight hyphen site because the, the domain the wasn't available. Site. It wasn't our fault. <laughs> yeah, what do you want us to you do? Can't, you literally can't buy the domain, the fight site, without a hyphen. This is not there. So it's not like we're being cheap. This isn't, it doesn't exist. I don't know why we're not able to do it. So, yeah, we sorry. Need to contact the person. Uh, Who even types in, in URLs to, to find websites? Anyway, you, you're Googling the fight site. Just be honest. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're either finding it through like Reddit or Twitter, mm-hmm. or you just know it. And if you know it, then we shouldn't be explaining it to you. So, there are articles on there if you like reading. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't like reading, <laughs> there are clips and stuff in most of the articles. So, you don't even have to read. You can just go through and look at our pretty. Are pretty gifts and streamable links. So there you go. All right. Do you want to do you want to count us down to the ending? Uh, yeah. Uh, three, two, one.